And your love is devoted Like a ring of solid gold Like a vow that is tested Like a covenant of old And your love is enduring Through the winter rain And beyond the horizon With mercy for today woman at the well. I come to the well in the heat of the day alone to avoid the sneers and the gossiping wagging tongues that cut into my already broken heart. I avoid the painful ignorance and the lack of loving care. Shame, it is my only covering. My men, they have all thrown me away for those that are younger and prettier than I. The shattered pieces of my life lay scattered all around me, leaving a trail of tears, desperate to be loved, shattered and scattered is my soul. And then, he, the king, the Messiah, Yeshua, he came to meet me, me, at the well. He told me all about myself. He didn't shame me. He didn't blame me. He didn't chastise me. He forgave me, he accepted me, and he healed and delivered me. 
He fulfills all my hopes of an abiding, undying love that will never end. Shalom, everybody. This is a modern-day Samaritan woman bringing to you another episode of Healing for the Nations. We are on a journey to the heart of our Father together. And on our journey, we're walking along fellow sojourners who are also on their way to the heart of the Father. It is a we program. We are walking together. And today, we are sojourning with my guest, Keisha Gallagher. Welcome, Keisha. Thank you. It's an honor and pleasure to be here. Oh, I'm so happy that you are sojourning with us today. You are walking together to the heart of our Father. So, Keisha, could you please tell our listener about your own ministry? Okay. Yeah, I can certainly do that. Well, I have a website called Grace and Torah. You can find it at graceandtorah.net. And you're really just going to find a lot of different things there, but probably some of my most visited posts have to do with the biblical role of women. I probably receive more feedback and emails on that series because it goes and traces the role from the very beginning before the fall and then follows that through. I also am a Becky book author. Becky is an acronym, B-E-K-Y. It stands for books encouraging the kingdom of Yeshua. And currently I have one of those books called Celebrating the Biblical New Moon. And it is a guide for celebrating. It's not a calendar book. It is about celebrating, coming together for prayer and fellowship at that appointment each month. And so you'll also find a lot of articles about that under the heading New Moon at graceandtour.net as well. So that, and I do a lot of... uh, conference speaking. I'm a creation gospel trainer for Dr. Halisa Alwine. So the past uh, probably two years, really since 2020, there's been a, a lot of classes. We've been rotating a lot of those online. You can email me about that at Keisha at graceandtorah.net. And other than that, I'm very active in our local fellowships here that we meet for Shabbat and feast and, and all of those things. And I've been in this, what do you want to call it? <laughs> Movement? <laughs> Restoration, I think maybe would be a better term. That's good. That's yeah. good been a part of the restoration since the early 2000s and it's just kind of grown from there i homeschooled my two boys uh who they both graduated by now but uh, one of them is in the army and one of them is local to me near the smoky mountains uh in tennessee Uh, i'm married i have a wonderful husband who's very supportive of everything that i do in in ministry work and so i am very grateful uh, for him because he has to share my time with a lot of people so he's, (laughs) he's very gracious he's very gracious and i'm excited to be working with you laura lee with ministering to hurting and broken women because that is a big part of my vision too, hence those articles you see on Grace and Torres. We need to know who we are in Messiah. Amen. And and that identity is vital to us walking in victory and overcoming and all those things. But you know, life happens to all of us. And so you're reaching out to those marginalized that have experienced trauma and abuse and have just been through the ringer. Life is hard and we have a lot in the body that are broken. Yes. And I know his will is for us to be released from those types of, of bondages so that we are our light is that much brighter. Amen. To a lost world. Yes. <laughs> You're talking my lingo, girl. Yes. <laughs> 
gospel. So, that is the gospel. That is the good news, and it's bringing it and carrying it forward. And I think we've neglected that end quite a bit, or we make people assume that it's some sort of instantaneous, you know, um, recovery from everything that's occurred to us in our past, but that's just not how it works in most cases. Unfortunately, that is that is so true. I have been on this journey, um, well, half my life now, and it's right. been a very, very lonely journey. You know, I call it shedding snakeskins. Yes. It's shedding those snakeskin lies that the enemy has been planting in us for many, many generations, hence the restoration of all things. But in our family of origins also, which is the generational curses, it's generational. Shame is generational. Alcoholism, addiction, abuses, domestic abuse. This is all generational. And the way I envision it is the father is wanting to restore all things. He wants to restore our identities. And I know you and I have... Uh, chatted about this in the past. I don't even know how I found your articles on your website, but I found your articles on women a few years ago. And I remember reading what you wrote and I was shocked. I was crying. I was like, just so many different emotions and thoughts were going through my mind and emotions through my heart because I knew that this was one of the big, huge pieces of the puzzle yes. was how the father designed his daughters. And we have been lied to, not just about the Shabbat, not just about Christmas and Easter and so on and so forth, but we have been lied to about our design and function. Yes. And it's a life changer. Yeah, it's a life changer. It is. And one of the things I often say when I'm teaching on this topic is, you know, women, we are a parable of the bride of Messiah. And so when we are restored and stand hand in hand and side by side with our male counterparts, not only are we released, but they are too. Yes. <laughs> and so there's this great power that goes that goes forth. But we've all seen the perverted end of that in either extreme. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes we get into places of fear, but we don't need to fear. We don't need to fear God's creation. Right. <laughs> they walked in fullness together, ruling and reigning over creation as they were designed before the fall. Together. And it's when you see the fall where you start seeing these hierarchies and power structures uh, taking place where not just men ruling over women, but men over men. I mean, you can see uh, even slavery and things coming forth from this, and that's all fallen nature. It's like the the beast. It is really, truly the beast system, the beast yes. kingdom. Oh, that's so good. I've never thought of it quite that way. That's amazing. It is. And so, of course, of course, <laughs> the enemy wants to keep those false power structures in in place because it keeps us in bondage mm. and of course our messiah came and did what he came to say he became set the captives free kept set the captives free and he became a curse for us for all that stuff to be broken and to bring us to restoration i mean the goal is to get more back to that edenic state before all of that occurred and we can walk in that now 
I mean, not that we're not going to battle because there is going to be a battle. We're still in the fall and a fallen realm. However, we can walk in it now. The problem is we've only walked in it one other way. And so that feels comfortable and safe, but it's not. You know, once you've imprisoned someone for multiple decades, those walls become safe. A lot of them have trouble reintegrating into a free society after that. And there's a reason why. And I think on a spiritual level, we do that. This the same for us today. Wow. That's that's so good. My mind is spinning. I'm, I'm like making notes listening to you because I, I never thought of it in quite the, the way that you put it. So it's not just that men after the fall had power over women, but it was power over other men. So mm-hmm. what happened was the balance became way out of balance. And so not only did the abuse of women, the power and control over women begin, but like you said, it was men battling over men wanting to gain control over men. So this whole power power and control struggle began even then. Look at uh, Cain and Abel, the sibling mm-hmm. rivalry. Now, right. I wasn't planning on mentioning this, but I am studying under Give Her Wings Academy to become a domestic abuse advocate. And some of the latest classes have been on scapegoating, scapegoating Mm -hmm. within the family system and sibling rivalry. Right. One of the statements was that the abuse between siblings is even more prevalent than husband and wife domestic abuse. Yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty shocked. And this is something that we are not talking about enough. Yes, because I would not have thought that to be the case. Well, So it, it leads me Makes back. Makes sense, though. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the things that happen behind closed doors, things that we don't talk about. You know, we're not talking enough about domestic abuse and educating on what, what it actually is. But what's going on between brother and sister, brother and brother, sister and sister, and it leads me back to the thought process of what happened after the fall. Look at the first murder, Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. Right. It's all right there in Genesis. It is. Mm-hmm. It really is. It is all in Genesis. Exactly. And and that instance, which is amazing to me, too, there's a phrase in Hebrew. I mean, you even see it pretty much in English as well, but that is linked to, back to the case between, or not between, but when Adonai is describing the consequence of sin to Eve, and it says, and your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. But Cain is cold, and in regard to his fallen countenance, his anger, his jealousy that he's experiencing with his brother, he's told that sin is crouching at the door, um, and its desire is for you, but you must master it. So that desire, master, that phrase is exactly the same in Hebrew in both of those cases. And so with her, it was a consequence to sin. It wasn't a command. Right. It was like, this is what's going to happen as a result, dear daughter. Mm-hmm. And then with him, he's told that you that things can be different between you and your brother, but you're going to have to master your emotions, your impulse, which is that fallen nature that they inherited from their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, if you master it, then, you know, sin's not going to pounce on your back. It's not there crouching at the door. And so, yeah, that's very fascinating because it all goes back to sin right there in the beginning. It does. 
And so uh, these articles that uh, I've been reading as part of the curriculum gets into scapegoating and how that all works, Mm -hmm. which is very interesting because in alcoholic and dysfunctional families, you've got the different roles and you've got the addict um, and the enabler, the codependent, and it's usually the husband and the wife. And then the rest of the family system, you've got the hero child, you know, the hero, the golden child, and then the lost child, the mascot, and the scapegoat. So the scapegoat is the one that is the identified patient, so to speak, because the scapegoat is acting out all of the family anger and all the different emotions that are present within the family, but nobody's actually dealing with it. Wow. Yeah. And so I'm thinking in terms of what's going on within the body of the Messiah. Yes. And so we have things going on within the assemblies that are likened to sibling rivalry. Oh, it is. Indeed it is. Absolutely. So we are all out of balance. You know, our marriages are out of balance. People don't know who they are. People are carrying all these different dynamics from their family of origin that they've never explored, they've never dealt with. And there's so much domestic abuse within the homes behind closed doors. And the children feel the tension. The children are acting out. And then what we want to do is we want to put a religious veneer over it all and just pretend that we're righteous and holy. Right, right. And that only confuses the children further. Absolutely. Well, this so this is generational. And, you know, I say that um, this is some of the things that I say. So just putting the plug in the jug, let's say you come from an alcoholic home or, you know, you're, you're no longer drinking alcoholically. You've put the plug in the jug. You've put the booze down and you picked up the scriptures. Or you're not doing crack cocaine anymore. You're not smoking pot anymore. You know, and you're jumping through all the different Torah hoops, so to speak. But if you ask the wife what's going on, if you ask the wife whether she's loved or not, the wife usually can tell the truth about what is really going on. And if you ask the children what's going on, children will either be terrified to tell the truth or they will be able to tell what's really going on within the home. And yes. Yeah. And and so it's the whole family system needs to come into balance. And that's why a lot of treatment facilities that that I've been a part of We've had a family program because it's the whole family. It's not just the addict that's sick. It's the whole family system. So the whole family system of Yehovah needs treatment. The whole head is, yes, the whole head is sick. But denial is a funny thing, Keisha. (laughs) It really is, isn't it? Yeah. And and I remember when I was in denial about my own stuff. I was going. Yeah, I was going to church. I was reading the Bible. Um, I was praying all the time, and you know, I was jumping through all these religious hoops. But I still hated myself, and I still had all these ugly emotions 
that I had drank and drugged over for many, many years. And it was a sister who loved me enough to say to me, maybe it's your childhood that's causing trouble in your marriage and trouble in your parenting. And so I think that the father, I sense that the father wants us to trust him enough to come and sit at his feet and ask him, what are the things that you want to deal with in my heart? Yes. What am I holding on to that is not honoring you? Is it my view of women? Is it my view of myself? Is it my view of you? What is my brokenness that you want yes. to heal? And often it's all of those things. Yeah. We we have believed a lie in some way about all of the, all of those things. Yes. And, and most often, like you're talking about with the family, and when it goes back to that, you know, when you were a child, that's what you learned. Yeah. You don't know another way. You don't know another way to act. You don't know another way to respond. And we, but we can be taught those things. Yes. But often we don't, we just don't know how. And that's where I think ministry work like you're doing is so crucial to really shore up those breaches that were created when we were children to learn that there is a proper better way and it's not it's going to require vulnerability Mm -hmm. and actually looking at things that we all tried to cover up and hide whether it is with some sort of substance abuse or we found some other way to distract ourselves right and but once we actually do it god is safe he is it is a safe place and we can truly firmly be set free from um, those things amen amen so creating safe spaces that's what we're going to talk about (laughs) when we come back and um so listener i hope you return after break because we're going to talk about the good samaritan retreat women's retreat when we come back we'll be right back shalom shalom Welcome back, everybody. This is a modern-day Samaritan woman bringing to you the second half of Healing for the Nations. Before we went on break, I was chit-chatting with my guest, Keisha Gallagher. Welcome back, Keisha. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here with you today. Oh, I am so happy that you and I are teaming together. And so this half of the show, Keisha and I are going to be talking about safe Spaces. So I just want to say that if you missed the first half, please jump on Hebrew Nation Radio, look up the schedule, find out when it's airing again, or in the future, it will be under the tab deliverance in the archive. So Keisha, as you well know, probably about a year ago or more, the Father laid it on my heart to do a conference for leaders. Yes. And I was like, okay, this cannot be you, Father, because I have no idea anything about putting together a conference. And uh, so I just prayed into it, and he just started weaving it all together. And you were on my team. You were one of my presenters, and you just did such a beautiful job And um, talking about women's role design and function, which I know that you love to talk about this very, very important topic. So last June, we had this leadership conference. And then after the conference, 
few months went by and the father just started speaking to me about creating safe spaces for women to come to to heal and shame does not heal unless it's in a safe community and trauma requires a safe space so yes so the father laid it on my heart to um to do retreats and once again i found myself asking okay is this really you father because i have no idea what i'm doing i have no idea how to put together a retreat and the father is faithful he started putting people on my heart to be a part of it and you are one of the first people that he laid on my heart to ask to join me in creating safe spaces so i just want to say thank you so very much for joining me networking with me in kingdom work and keisha um, i i also want to say thank you so much for creating the event page the website and so let's talk a little bit about the retreat who's going to be speaking what it's going to look like because it's kind of a unique setting yes it is it is but even though it is unique and even though it is small and tailored for these more safe intervention type spaces um you can still help and participate we'll tell you about that in a minute so you are you've got you have two plans but we'll talk about mainly this first one but they'll run sort of similar Mm -hmm. Uh, and this first one is going to be down in florida and you have a place where it's just going to be women the ones Mm -hmm. that are there even your speakers that are going to be there in person will be women so that's going to be helpful and it's not going to be 50 people or 25 people uh that are going to be attending it's going to be really uh, what a little more than a handful there's only eight spots and and it's going to be close to the beach it's in gulf breeze florida and it's at an airbnb it's a very homey setting and so the speakers are going to be keisha and myself and I have a friend who is a licensed clinical social worker and she's a psychotherapist. She will be joining us. Um, Dr. Deb Wiley Gold, she's also going to be one of our presenters. She's going to be joining through Zoom. And we have Takoa Manning, who will also be joining us through Zoom. We have Simonette. Uh, yes. How do you say Simonette's last name? Cherepanov. And I might not be perfect on my syllables there, but I know uh, Simonette and her husband, Pete. It, her, she is from Venezuela, uh, but her husband, family, originated in Russia. So she's got a Russian last name <laughs> with oh, her Spanish okay. first name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's the connection. Uh-huh. But she's going to be also one of our presenters. And... Uh, am I missing anybody? Juliet. Did you mention, mention? Juliet. Shh, don't tell Juliet. I forgot her. <laughs> Juliet Van Heerden is a dear friend of mine. Juliet and I actually um, joined together and we speak in 
churches and um, we do recovery weekends. And she is an amazing writer. This woman's books are so endearing. So she's going to be joining us in person. And then, yes, and then I have a team of close friends of mine, Brenda Perla. This woman is a whiz in the kitchen. She is so gifted. Her gifting is hospitality. So she's put together a team of women who will be serving us. She is going to be um, cooking all the food, serving, clean up, and Mm -hmm. they are all delightful women. So for those women that need this intensive care and come in person, everything, this is all inclusive, inclusive for them. Yes. Their food, their room and board, uh, the ministering, all of that will be available to them with just one small registration price, right? Yes, yes. So we are just really excited about what the Father is doing, and we are expecting great things from our great Elohim. And it is near the beach, so we're hoping to have some time at the beach, and we're hoping to have a bonfire and fellowship, great food, great fellowship, and some really great teachings while also having some alone time one-on-one with Abba. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And so this is going to take place February 16th through the 20th. Yes. In the coming year, 2023. And after uh, this broadcast, actually, the the website will be live. um, That will probably be shared with the recording, I'm assuming. You'll be able to share that. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, Link. And then... um, and then any of those speakers, if you're familiar with any of them, they will probably be sharing on their websites and media streams. But what if you do not need this intervention, but you'd like to help? So I believe that there's going to be a place on the website to send in donations. There is. Okay. So if you cannot attend, but you want to support us, even if you don't have financial means, I know a lot of people are struggling. Oh my goodness. You can lift us all up in prayer. There is power Amen. in prayer. There, Keisha, the warfare is real. Oh, oh yeah. Any. <laughs> He's talking about breaking some chains of bondage. There's warfare. Mm -hmm. So so we covet your prayers. We need prayer coverage. And, um, you know, even if you can only send in $5, $10, it all adds up. And so I'm excited because, Keisha, whenever I go speak, I love to give out free stuff. Mm. And so... The, the conference, I was really so overwhelmed with the blessings um, that came in. I contacted some of the authors who had written books that were greatly impactful in my own journey, and they were so generous in sending me one of the authors sent me a huge box of books. Oh, <laughs> and wonderful. so we do have some leftover books from the conference and I am wanting to put together gift bags for the ladies so I have some friends who are donating some care products I don't want to give away too much right right (laughs) but but, you know we take any kind of donation that you want to uh, share with with the women and I, I just want to say a little bit about what I've experienced in the past I was part of this ministry from the very first weekend retreat 
and it was called especially for you Mm -hmm. and a husband and wife many years ago were doing retreats in their home caring for marriage retreats and they were finding that the greater majority of marriages were being negatively impacted by childhood sexual abuse Mm. and the husband Larry said to his wife Phyllis you know honey I think you really need to put together retreats for abused women and so they prayed about it and they really felt led to open their home and start retreats for women who had been abused and I was part of their very first weekend and I yes and I remained part of that ministry for many years and that ministry helped me so much and every time I went to her home it was a safe space and every meal was beautifully lovingly prepared the table settings were exquisite there were many handmade gifts and every weekend we got an opportunity to share our stories so i've heard story after story of women who'd been horribly traumatized as little girls Mm. but also stories of women who were not and i'm doing this in air quotes horribly abused right because we have the wrong concept some of us we think that it has to be horrible tragic uh, abuse that happened in order to have lifelong impact well research is showing that that's not true that there are impacts of neglect there's impact of emotional abuse that can be just as damaging as physical abuse and that's another right. thing that that I like to do is to help people to educate people on abuse, on domestic abuse, on yes. on different forms of, of trauma that can have lifelong effects. And we carry this stuff in our marriages and it does impact our marriages. You know, like I've said before, this is generational and it's so very important to address these issues in order to be able to operate in a healthy manner as the body of the Messiah because we all have gifts, we all have talents, and we all have a calling. And these things are impacting the ability of the body to function in a healthy manner. Right. And and so um, I'm drawing from my experience of an attendee of this retreat that this husband and wife opened their home and would extend loving care to wounded women so that's what what i'm drawing from is is those retreats that she did now her husband wasn't part of of them but he was always behind the scenes yes (laughs) and and so we knew that behind the scenes there were loving men behind the scenes that cared enough for us yes amen and um so that just made such a beautiful impact on my life so i'm just honored that the father would entrust this vision on me I am just so so honored that that you're part of it, Keisha. I'm just really excited to see what the father does um, for his daughters in these weekends. And I'm hoping and praying that this vision will catch on. Me too. Me too. And it it has two different avenues, you know, like you're 
and I think that needs to continue too. Your original vision had to do with leaders. Yes. Because we need to, leaders need to be educated and aware and even know what signs to look for yes. for different types of abuse and traumas. But not only do they need to be aware, then they need to know what to do or at least other ministries that they can point them to to get the help that they need to overcome because we want the body to be healthy. Yes. And so then with these intensive places for women and perhaps you're going to inspire a man to do this for men too because they also have these things in their past that need to be dealt with and delicately so in a safe place. Absolutely. That's going to be part of my prayer, Laura, is that there's going to be men that are going to step up and do this for other men as well. Hey, we even have leaders that are broken in these areas. Well, so. <laughs> it's a we program. Yes. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a we program. But one thing that the father dropped in on, on my heart before he, uh, you know, when he was asking me to do the leadership program was Ezekiel 34. And it starts at the top. We need our, our leaders to be healthy, mm-hmm. but we also need to give our leaders permission to be human. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's a we program and we need to be lifting up our leaders and praying for our leaders because they are human and because many are broken and we set them up on pedestals. Yes. And we put them in a position that makes them more than human and, and we really need to, um, we need to stop doing yes, that. We do. And, we absolutely and, do. <laughs> and realize, well, it's just like therapists, you know, in, in the therapy realm, you know, we have a tendency to put, you know, same thing with doctors. We put, you know, therapists up on a, a higher pedestal. Well, therapists are human. Counselors are human. We all make mistakes and we all have our junk. Yep. You know, we all have junk in our trunk that needs to be unpacked <laughs> and, you know, unpacked and, and, and cleaned out. And it all has to be, you know, in balance. And, you know, one of the things that the Father laid on my heart over and over was the commandment that we are to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Right. But a lot of us were taught at a very young age that we weren't okay, that we weren't lovable, that we weren't wonderful. But the scripture says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. And and so in order to be able to love our neighbor, neighbor, are we not to first learn how to properly, in a godly manner, love ourselves, embrace ourselves? So that's what Dr. Deb's going to be bringing to the table. I'm really excited to hear what she has. Me too. Remember at the conference, hers was the only one that did not record, and she did such a... Oh my it gosh, was so it was so good. good. It was so good. Yeah, so I am I am tickled for that too. Oh, and by the way, speaking of some recordings, Laura, if you are someone that maybe you cannot attend in person, but you would like to get this teach the, the messages from the event, most of the speakers uh, will have messages. And so you can actually on the website when you in the register and donate button, you can go and do that and you'll get a link emailed to you after the retreat that will have all of those videos. Awesome. And I don't have... Well, I'm sorry. Videos, uh, if they're videos, audio if it's audio. That's good. That's good. I also have my own YouTube channel, and it's just simply Laura Lee. I think it's just 
Laura Lee. I don't know. I'm I'm not good at this tech that. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a new uh, a new thing for me to do is is video teaching. So I'm still trying to work out all the bugs here. Um, I don't even know the name of my own YouTube channel. Isn't that awful? Well, you know what? The good news is you can link to that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's too funny. Too funny. But anyways, yeah. yes, there's going to be video and audio if you can't come in person. But um, we are out of time, unfortunately. Keisha, thank you so much. Thank you. And it's been my pleasure. Anyways, everybody, we are just bidding you shalom. Yes, wholeness. Amen. Shalom.